Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettle Cast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, I am talking about the Hawks' 139-109 to loss to the Toronto Raptors. On Halloween, the Hawks give all of their fans one of the worst tricks I can remember. It's an awful game all the way around. We will get into it here on the KettleCast. Let's go. Watching this game a second time, it actually was not as bad as I remember it, but seeing the Hawks be in this game into the third quarter, late into the third quarter, and then just sort of letting go of the rope and ultimately losing this game by 30 points was really disappointing. And after that loss and really hard-fought game against the Bucks in Milwaukee, it was a bummer to see the letdown by the Hawks in this way. Trey, after having such a good game in Milwaukee, had one of his worst games, I would say his worst game of the season so far. And the Hawks, while they never really were out of the game in the first half and really were right there in the start of the third quarter, just never were able to string together a run to push the Raptors, and the Raptors were able to extend the lead and ultimately really punish the Hawks and uh, be able to put in their second unit with about four minutes to go in this one. But coming out, the Hawks got out, and I thought they started the game really well. Um, Clint Capella was able to get to the free throw line four times in the first quarter, uh, but it felt like the Hawks weren't really making the shots that they needed to make in that first quarter. The Raptors were able to stay in the game behind some just ridiculous three-point shooting. The Raptors shot 71% from three-point land in that first period, and while a couple of them were wide-open three-pointers, I thought for the most part the Hawks did a nice job of contesting that, and in a quarter where if you just looked at shot quality, you I certainly thought that the Hawks might have come out with that with come out of that quarter with a lead. It actually was 34 to 28 Raptors and the Hawks wouldn't score more than 30 points in any period as they would go on to lose this one. In the second quarter, uh the Raptors were again able to keep their hot shooting from 3. They'd finish the game 14 of 34 for just over 40%. And if you looked at the shooting percentages, again, like the Milwaukee game, it wouldn't be that big of a difference. The Raptors did shoot 50% from the field. They went 46 for 92, but the Hawks weren't that far behind with 46%. They hit 39 of 84 shots, Um, and the Hawks were 38% from the three-point line, 11 of 29. Um, But the real decider of this game, the real big difference maker is the number of free throws. The Hawks got to the free throw line 25 times, made 20 of those for 80%, but the Raptors got to the free throw line 40 times, and almost half of those, 16, were from Pascal Siakam, and Spicy P is a very good player. One thing that stood out to me watching this game is just John Collins does not have, does not do a good job guarding Pascal Siakam. I thought both Onyeka Kangwu and Clint Capella did better jobs guarding the Raptor forward than JC did. But it felt like any time Siakam missed a shot, he was getting bailed out by the officials, and he was being aggressive and going to the basket. But to get to the free throw line 16 times is, is pretty dang impressive. We're used to seeing Trey get those numbers, and Trey was only able to get to the free throw line eight times. Um, but the second quarter, it felt like the Hawks made a little bit of a push, and then the Raptors were able to use a run at the end of that quarter to build the lead back over double digits. At halftime, the Hawks would be down 53-64, to 64, 
And coming out of this, the third quarter, you wanted the Hawks to come out with some energy, push this game, maybe get it to five or something manageable. And despite a nice flurry from DeAndre Hunter, for some reason, right after DeAndre Hunter hit three three-pointers in the third quarter, Nate McMillan took him out. And we wouldn't see Hunter again until the fourth quarter, kind of after this game had already been decided. But the Hawks were able to get into the game a little bit with the, behind that flurry of threes from Hunter. Uh, but the... Raptors, to their credit, would not go away. They kept hitting shots, kept getting to the free throw line, and ultimately were able to push the lead all the way up to 20 points. And the Hawks, who would get as close as maybe 13 or 14 points in the fourth period, just never really can make a run. Um, it's always going to be tough to come back into a game after you get down by 15 or 20 points. Um, and the Hawks, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, just never made that run where you thought, oh, here come the Hawks. Here they here they go. They're going to be able to break what the Raptors are doing. And um, I don't want to take anything away from the Raptors' defense. One area that the Raptors killed the Hawks was in fast break points. They The Raptors scored 43 fast break points compared to just 10 from the Hawks. And really, fast break points are points that happen in transition. The other team can't get their defense set. And a lot of those points come in the paint. And the Raptors were able to take advantage of that. A lot of those fast break points came on Hawks turnovers. The Hawks turned the ball over 18 times in the game. Ten of those was from Trey Young. And a lot of those, you know, were not passes where one of the Raptors got their hands on it. You know, the Raptors have a lot of players um, who are 6'7 to 6'10 and have really long arms. But it didn't feel like he was getting bothered by their length as much as I thought they were just lazy passes from Trey. Um, trying to make cross-court passes trying to make passes that uh, maybe work against some of these teams that the Hawks have played so far. I wouldn't say Milwaukee, but maybe some of these younger teams. But a very good defensive team like the Raptors didn't let any of the easy lobs or cross-court passes get through. And it just was a game where Trey never looked really engaged. There were a couple possessions in particular where Trey didn't pass the ball at all and had some took three-pointers, which he didn't make. He was just one of five on his three-pointers and his one make coming off a catch-and-shoot where he was able to catch the ball in the corner and just shoot. Um, but it was a Trey game where, from a shooting line, 3 of 13, certainly the Raptors were able to disrupt him a little bit. But it again, watching the game a second time, it didn't feel like the Raptors really were doing anything spectacular on Trey. It felt like he was just leaving shots short. Um, he wasn't quite as crisp as he normally is. You know, his floater, which has been pretty good this year, was not going in, and he just wasn't able to get into the flow as he normally was. Um, DeJounte Murray came out and did what I expected him to do at the beginning of the season, and that is to compete no matter what. DJ would finish the game with 20 points on 7 of 15 shooting. He was 2 of 4 on his three-pointers. He had made all of his free throws, four of those, had nine assists, four rebounds, and four turnovers, and I thought what was notable about DJ's performance is amongst the starting unit, he had the lowest, um, he had the, I guess, highest, you would say, plus minus. He was minus 12, where the rest of the starting unit was minus 20 about. And Trey Young had the worst plus minus at minus 29, but DJ came out and competed. I think he does a lot for this Hawks team, getting his hand onto balls, getting disrupting the other team's play. One of the things that has really bothered me through the entire first couple of games for the Atlanta Hawks is just they are 
disrupting other teams. They're getting their hands on balls. They're having a lot of deflections. But so far, it feels like the Hawks are not the team that gets the ball after the deflection. Somehow, even on really good defense and, and disrupting a pass, the other team is able to get the ball and get a good shot off, and the Hawks aren't able to take advantage of their good defense. But uh, Murray certainly brings an attitude to this Hawks team. He is never going to quit as long as he's playing. And it was a nice game for Murray. And good to see kind of Murray-led units. He is building a nice little co- chemistry with Inekia Kangwu. There are a couple plays in this game that I thought really showed that off. One where they're coming kind of in semi-transition and Inekia Kangwu is going into the paint like he's trying to get position and kind of just runs through a couple of the Raptors defenders. And Murray just follows a Kongu through to get a layup. And then they are nice pick and roll partners where they're able to pass the ball back and forth. And a Kongu has pretty nice hands to get some of the lower passes from Murray and get buckets. Getting to Anyeka Kongu, who came off the bench, he was nice. He had three, he was three of four from the field with, with eight points. He had five rebounds, one of those offensive, one assist, and two blocks. Both of his blocks were highlight quality. He, uh, Stuffed both uh, Coloco and Pascal Siakam at the basket. Just awesome blocks. Akangu continues to play well in sort of his 20 to 25 minute range. Um, he's playing well enough. Well, I wonder if Nate McMillan will be comfortable leaving him out there more. Uh, McMillan is continuing to sort of play with lineups and he, he puts Akangu out there both with John Collins and Jalen Johnson. Um, I wonder if we'll even get some Clint Capella and Okongwu minutes. But again, I thought the Hawks centers did a nice job on Pascal Siakam, who ended up torching the Hawks. Um, and so just a really nice game from Okongwu. There was kind of a scary moment where he had a nice play. He got the ball, uh, made a fake pass, and took one dribble and looked like he was going to throw it down. And Chris Boucher just absolutely hammers on Okongwu. And for some reason, it wasn't a foul. But Okongwu immediately went to the sideline. It looked like his shoulder might be hurt, um, but it seemed like everything was okay. And that'll be something to watch going forward. But nice to see Okongwu continue to put together a nice little start to the season. John Collins had 12 points, was 5 of 12 from the field, just 1 of 6 on his three-pointers. His three-pointers are starting to get to the point where all of last season I wanted JC to keep shooting, keep shooting. He's too good of a three-point shooter to turn down those shots. But now... Um, I, until he starts really bearing them again at the rate that he did last year, I'd like to see him get closer to the basket, continue to rebound. He would finish this game with 12 rebounds, three of those offensive, and he fouled out. I don't know what Jay-Z does to draw the air of the officials, but he continues to get into foul trouble. Uh, but sort of just a ho-hum game from JC. Uh, I thought Pascal Siakam really took it to him this game. Again, I thought both OO and Capella were better defenders on Siakam than JC. Um, But to see JC get all those rebounds, if he can find a role uh, as being the cleanup guy, certainly he's overqualified for that role. But if he can start hitting the boards and really helping the Hawks lock that down, the Hawks will be out-rebounded 44-37, to and the Raptors would have 12 offensive rebounds. The uh, Hawks got a little bit lucky. Um, It felt like every time that the Raptors missed, they were able to get their own rebound and have second or even third opportunities. But if you went and checked the second chance points, the the Raptors didn't um, outscore the Hawks. I felt like they should have doubled or tripled the Hawks output at at second chance points, but it was 12 to 8 or something like that. And 
Um, JC securing the boards would go a long way to help that. Clint Capella, again, I thought he came out aggressive to get four free throws in that first quarter. Uh, it's really good. Of course, he finished the game with four free throws. He wasn't able to get there again. But he had 12, he had 13 points on six of seven shooting, um, five rebounds and one block. If he's shooting six of seven from the field, I won't complain about any of his shots, whether they be layups or dunks. Um, I certainly think that he's so much better just dunking the ball, but he does like to throw his hooks, his reverses, um, his shots off the glass. So strong, nice little game from Clint Capella. And then finally, DeAndre Hunter, 11 points, nine of those coming in the third quarter in a little flurry where he was able to kind of keep the Hawks in this game before going to the bench. Um, he finished the game with five rebounds, or excuse me, with one rebound, one assist, and five fouls. His fouls have been a tr problem early in the season. And so it'll be one thing that I'm looking at is the Hawks are brought in a new assistant coach, Mike Longabardi, and he's bringing some new defensive stuff over for the Hawks. And so it'll be something to watch if the Hawks are able to get better at some of these defensive things. And if guys that like JC and Hunter, are able to figure out how to defend without fouling. I think especially in these last two games, both Toronto and Milwaukee, uh, those two teams able being able to get to the free throw line has really helped uh, those teams and helped the Hawks lose. And so trying to find ways to get Hunter and JC to stop doing that is going to be big. Off the bench, Justin Holiday had a nice shooting game. He was 5 of 8 from the field and 2 of 4 from 3. Uh, again, it felt like in the third quarter when the Hawks were making a little push, Justin Holiday missed the shots, but he was two and four from three pointer. Um, he was minus 13, which was the worst plus minus off the bench. And I don't think that's a fluke. I don't think Justin Holiday has been particularly good for the Hawks so far. Um, his shooting just has not matched what he's done in the past. And he has been in as much foul trouble as DeAndre Hunter, which is surprising. Um, but he's still getting his feet under him. He's a veteran presence. I expect him to break out of the shooting slump or Nate McMillan to start playing A.J. Griffin more. Griffin was able to get in for a few minutes, um, which was cool because the Raptors actually have uh, A.J.'s dad as an assistant coach. So it's cool to see A.J. Uh, get to play against his dad's team. Um, and then I thought Jalen Johnson had a nice game off the bench. He played 11 minutes, was two of three from the field, had five points, four rebounds. He threw an assist. Um, again, for some of these players, both AJ and JJ fall into this category. They just got to get minutes, uh, whether it's positive or negative. And actually, Jalen was a positive off the bench. Um, they just got to get some experience. And whether that's four minutes, 10 minutes, you know, five minutes each half, it doesn't really matter to me. And there's going to be times where that may lose you a game or um, during the regular season, it, it may let the other team have a little bit of a a run. But in this minute, I think Jalen Johnson is doing a nice job. Kind of like John Collins, Pascal Siakam kind of took it right to Jalen. But uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I think Jalen looks a lot more confident. He's letting the three-pointer fly. And he's also pump faking, getting in, taking one step in and taking that jump shot. Um, so it's fun to see him out there and getting some more time. For the Raptors, we talked about Pascal Siakam, 31 points, 6 assists, 2 blocks to go with 12 rebounds. Scotty Barnes, their great second-year player, had 21 points. He was 7 of 14 from the field, 5 of 9 on the three-pointers. It felt like all of his three-pointers came in that first quarter 
where the Raptors were able to ride that three-point barrage to a lead. Um, and then Trent Jones Jr. or Gary Trent Jr. had 21 points. He was just two of six from three-point land, but he did get to the free throw line six times and made five of those free throws. Um, anytime that Gary Trent puts up a high scoring number and is not shooting well from the three, that's a warning sign. That means he's getting into the paint um, and being able to get some shorter jumpers. And I thought that the Raptors did a nice job at the beginning of the third quarter. They really did not take advantage or target Trey Young in the first half. And it was clear in the third quarter that they were going at Trey. They were trying to get Gary Trent Jr., who is who Trey was guarding the ball and trying to get him into the paint and be able to just elevate over Trey. And that, of course, got led to 21 points from Gary Trent Jr. But really tough game. Again, on the second rewatch, it wasn't uh, quite as bad as watching the game live on Halloween. Um, but you never want to see the Hawks after such a hard-fought game against Milwaukee. Maybe there is just a little bit of a mental letdown, but they never really had Trey Young going. And as well as they shot the ball, I thought the Hawks really left some points out there where they got open looks and weren't able to bury those shots. A lot of John Collins' three-pointers are open. I thought a lot of Trey shots were good looks for him, and he just wasn't able to put them down. And there certainly will be games like that during the year. Um, it, it does stink the Hawks are on this road trip, trying to make it a positive road trip. Of course, to get those two wins in Detroit is huge, but now to fall um, to Milwaukee and Toronto evens the road trip to two and two. And the Hawks look ahead to the New York Knicks. Of course, any game with Trey in New York is going to be a big game. Um, it's going to be an important game for the Hawks, you know, after, again, starting this road trip so well, having two losses, hopefully they can win that game. Um, to move to three and two on this road trip before getting home. But tough loss for the Hawks on Halloween. They fall 139 to 109 up in Toronto. And I will be here to cover the Knicks game after that. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. If you can leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that's a huge help to the Kettlecast. Go Hawks.